All right, let me tell you, if you're going to record a podcast, it is critical that you actually push record on the microphone. Learn that the hard way as we are now nine minutes into a recording that I thought was happening and was not actually happening. So let's try this again. Welcome in to a special episode of the Story Lesson Advice Podcast. Uh, This time, what I thought I would do is take a break from what I'm normally doing and kind of run through every month or so periodically some of the things that I like or do not like or have been important to me or whatever, just to try to share a little bit about me and, and hopefully give some perspective as to kind of why I think some of the crazy stuff that I do. So this week, we're talking movies. I'm going to give you 10 of my favorite movies, not necessarily the 10 best or whatever, but I'm going to give you 10 of my favorite movies. Starting with number one, this is the all-time, my all-time favorite movie, the greatest movie in the world in my opinion. The first, The Matrix. The original Matrix, just groundbreaking in every way, amazing. But here's the funny story about it, was that when this movie came out and the trailer came out and the reviews and everything, I was like, nope, not going to see it. It looks dumb. Keanu Reeves, he looks like a plank of wood, not interested. And later that summer, which was in July or something, a bunch of friends and me, boys and girls, because we were still 19 at the time, so I guess you could call us men and women, but we'll say boys and girls, we were staying at a friend's house in Milwaukee because the next day we were going to a Britney Spears concert. So yeah, maybe you should call us boys and girls. We were going to a Britney Spears concert, that's right. So the night before, we're hanging out. And in the basement of this girl's house, um, and a whole bunch of us were staying over, and she had on the Matrix. And I just kind of caught it out of the corner of my eye. I wasn't really like paying attention. All of a sudden, I saw it, and I think I did one of those dad things where uh, they stand up and watch a movie in the living room, just kind of standing off to the side with their arms crossed. That's what I did. I, I don't think I moved for like two hours. I just kind of stood there with my arms folded, staring at the TV, just completely enveloped in this amazingness known as the Matrix. And... Um, I mean, obviously groundbreaking for its time, but man, you can definitely tell movies, action movies made before The Matrix and action movies made after The Matrix. There is a giant divide in special effects and stunts and all of that kind of stuff, but just an amazing movie. Um, I've seen it a billion times. I went out the next day after I saw it in the basement and bought it on VHS and wore the damn thing out and was just like totally obsessed with those movies. You know, the, the subsequent ones, kind of each one was a little a little less good than the one before it, but just awesome, groundbreaking, and the first one, man, oh man, was that just amazing. Another movie that just took me by surprise and ended up being way better than I ever thought it would be uh, was Iron Man with Robert Downey, the very beginning of the MCU as, as we know it. And I know now the MCU is kind of in shambles and... Every movie is just a CGI slot fest with, with you know, just a, sort of a disaster. But for me, that first Iron Man, all the way through to Endgame, that whole arc, that 20-some movie arc over 10 years, that was just so impactful to me, so really cool. I never was into comic books. I never paid attention to superheroes as a kid. Like, none of that was my, was my jam at all. But I don't know what it was, but seeing Robert Downey as Iron Man, and that movie was as real as you could ever hope it to be. Uh, for something like that, for a superhero like that, and just unbelievable. And that period of time, that 10-year window of time um, with with the, all those Marvel movies leading up to Endgame was just amazing. And 
after a few years, I remember when uh, Beth and I, my wife, were married before we had kids. You know, a lot of times on Friday nights, we were just cashed after work. So we would just kind of, you know, do whatever at home and at going to bed at night, we would, you know, throw the sleep timer on the TV usually or whatever, always have something on in the background. And there was that period of time where uh, all these Marvel movies were always on, you know, there was an Iron Man or an Avengers movie or, or a Thor movie or something like that. And it was just like, that was such a part of my life for, for a long period of time. Uh, just great. Loved it. Another movie that as a kid, man, this just blew my mind was Back to the Future. Uh, and I think a lot of kids that grew up at that time were all in the same age. We're all in our 40s now. But man, that movie and the, even all, all three of them, the trilogy was just awesome. And the concept of it and that first Back to the Future, I mean, a lot of film schools talk about that as one of the best movies ever and just terms of pacing and story and character development and everything. Um, the funny story is, so in the second one, that was the one where they went uh, into the future and they had the hoverboard and they had those Nike shoes with the, that were self-lacing and all that stuff was awesome. But I was so enamored by the uh, hoverboard that about a year before this movie came out, I had bought a skateboard that was a Back to the Future skateboard because I wanted a skateboard strictly because of Marty McFly and um, I was terrible at it the entire time. And then when the second one came out, I actually got hot pink or neon pink spray paint and I spray painted the my skateboard pink to match the pink of the hoverboard that was in the movie. And the funny part about this is with the leftover spray paint, my friends convinced me we had this huge cinder block retaining wall in our driveway that was was pretty big. It was probably six feet tall, seven feet tall, and you could see it clear across a lake, this lake. We lived on a little, like a small lake and you could see it clear across the lake, all the neighbors. And there was a bunch of houses all around. And my, my friends convinced me at the time to spray paint with this hot pink as big as I could, uh, the word poop. That's right. The word poop spray painted in neon hot pink on this giant gray retaining wall. So I did it. And my parents got a call from people across <laughs> on the other side of the lake and uh, the, they said, you've got uh, poop spray painted on your wall. My parents thought there was actually like poop on the wall, like dog poop or something like that. So they didn't understand. And then they came outside. <laughs> you could see, I'm not kidding, like hundreds and hundreds of, of feet away, 10 football fields away, you could see poop. Each letter was probably six feet tall. It was almost the entire length of the retaining wall, giant letters. So uh, we ended up taking the retaining wall down. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the few times I got in trouble. <laughs> Another movie that goes back to my childhood, even though it wasn't in my childhood, uh, as a kid, my dad got me into all the James Bond movies and we would spend all this time watching them down in the basement of our house or in the living room and hanging out. And they would always, uh, run TNT or TBS would always run a Bond marathon during, I think it was March Madness. So it was always during March and um, we would always watch this together. My dad and I would stay up late and we would watch all the movies, the old Sean Connery and Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton movies and everything. And I loved it as a kid. And you watch those now and they're still kind of okay, but man, the pacing is really bad and the dialogue's bad and everything. But I was so into Bond. And then in 2000, uh, or in, in mid nineties, um, uh, Pierce Brosnan took over the role. Goldeneye came out and the video game became such a huge hit. Just such an awesome uh, movie and game and everything. And then his movies, each one of them became less and less good. He was still really good at them, but just the movies themselves were kind of like, what the hell's going on? 
Uh, so by the end, it was just like, whatever. And then a couple years went by, and I thought, well, I'm probably not going to see the Bond character for a while. And then Daniel Craig with Casino Royale and just blew my mind about the kind of movie that a Bond movie could be and like the most accurate representation that you could get of what a character like that would actually be. So that was so awesome. And I was such a huge Bond fan as a kid growing up. For my 21st birthday, uh, my dad got me uh, the James Bond watch, the Omega Seamaster. And I've had it now for over 20 years. It stopped working. I tried to get it fixed and it was going to be just an exorbitant amount of money to get it fixed. So I still wear it. It doesn't work, but I still wear it just in kind of remembrance of my dad and all of our memories watching the Bond movies and everything. Um, But man, Casino Royale, Daniel Craig, best Bond ever, best Bond movie ever. Just fantastic. All right, so this is the point previously where I realized that I wasn't recording. So this is going to be new. So I'm excited about this. Uh, Another movie that I was so, a set of movies that I was such a huge part of my childhood was Star Wars, obviously. Uh, I can I can feel right now my wife rolling her eyes as I'm saying uh, Star Wars right now. But they were a huge part of my life. My dad and I used to watch them all the time again. Um, and they were so great. And when the prequels came out, even though they weren't great, just the fact that there were new Star Wars movies. Like I'm going to a Star Wars movie with my dad or with my friends. Like they're just so amazing. Uh, and then the new ones came out. Uh, you know, in the, in 2015 started coming out with The Force Awakens and everything. But for me... The best Star Wars movie is Rogue One. And I might get some pushback on that, but the reason why is it, I think it was the least it was the least and most Star Wars at the same time. You know, it was the least, you know, there were no lightsabers, none of that jazz. Uh, but man, it was that was the first movie I felt like Star Wars the if you were in Star Wars, that's what it would feel like. The scale of the ships, the way that the action was shot, it really made you get a sense of like, this is a real world. These are real planets. These are real characters. And I just think it's unbelievable. And of course, the last couple of minutes when Vader shows up and just wrecks shop on everybody, that, that's amazing as well. But uh, Rogue One was just, just to me, Star Wars. If you had to tell someone what Star Wars is, watch this movie and then come back and tell me what you think. Now, the closest I've ever been to pooping my pants <laughs> watching a movie as a kid not a horror movie, not a horror movie. It was Jurassic Park. And my, oh my, as a kid, I loved dinosaurs growing up. And the first time I saw this movie, my parents and I actually saw it in a drive-in, if you remember what those are. And we sat in our minivan, which at the time had this quote-unquote kick-ass sound system uh, in our green minivan with tan interior. And we watched the first Jurassic Park on a giant drive-in screen. And I was so scared afterwards that the T-Rex was going to stick its head in my second story window uh, and eat me. But in all, in all seriousness, that is just groundbreaking in and of itself. And if you watch it now, some of the effects look a little dated or whatever. But man, when that movie came out at the time, like that was a dinosaur. Like that was real life dinosaurs. You finally saw what a dinosaur looked like. And I know that a lot of the look and everything has been debunked or whatever, but like I mean, for an entire several generations, that's a dinosaur, right? You watch the first Jurassic Park movie and you're like, yep, those are what dinosaurs look like. Even if it's not true, like that will always be in my head. But just awesome. Great, great suspenseful movie. I know there's some plot holes here and there. Um, I thought they it was just groundbreaking and amazing. The subsequent ones, 
you know, not as good. But man, that first Jurassic Park movie, that scene with the T-Rex at night in the rain with the two um, the two Jeeps and everything on, on the rail, like just incredible. I mean, some of the best cinema you'll ever see. Just amazing. So hats off to Jurassic Park. All right, let me dapper up here for a minute, and I'm going to talk about another movie that I absolutely loved and just made me want to be these guys, made me want to be cool like these guys, and that's Ocean's Eleven. Man, and Ocean's 12 and 13, but really Ocean's Eleven. Just talk about Clooney, Brad Pitt, and uh, uh, Jason Bourne, Matt Damon, all in their prime. And then the rest of the supporting cast, Don Cheadle, Julia Roberts, Anthony Garcia, like you, you just goes on and on and on and on with, with everything. And just great, great, great movie. And I really love that each of those characters, you know, now when you see heist movies or movies like that, even the Fast and the Furious movies kind of adopted the style. Each character is just like, they have one trait, like I'm cool guy or I'm snarky girl or whatever. And like, that's, that's it. And each of those Oceans characters were really developed and they were given a lot more room to kind of grow as a character. So you really kind of felt like you were part of this ragtag group of, of, of uh, thieves that were doing this heist. But the first one, just the dialogue and the way that, that Clooney and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon could just kind of play off of each other. I mean, it, that was the first time I really felt like like they weren't acting, right? They were just like hanging out and this is how these guys are. And it was unbelievable. So 12 was still really good. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was really interesting. And I thought 13 was was fun just to kind of wrap up the trilogy. And it's just they're lighthearted. But anytime that they're on TV or whatever, if I see them, I'll always stop and watch. Um, and my favorite, my favorite in the entire trilogy is when Clooney and Pitt are sitting at the bar in the first one. And um, and Clooney says, uh, "You think you need one more? You think you need one more? Okay, we'll get one more." And just the the way that that's played out is is just great. Okay, only three more to go, so just bear with me. Uh, when I was younger, college ish, man, this movie just grabbed me. I am not a car guy. I don't even know how to change my own oil or my own tire. I'm sorry. Please don't think less of me. You can think a little less of me, just not too much. But Gone in 60 Seconds, when that movie came out, holy shit, that movie was awesome. Even the opening scene where they're racing the Porsche down the middle of the of one of the boulevards in LA, whatever that is, uh, just awesome stuff. And the, the reason it's kind of personal for me is when I was in high school and, and kind of middle school, grade school, high school, uh, me and my friends just loved like exotic cars, the Porsches, the Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Um, all that kind of stuff. And and they were kind of a little bit more on the gearhead side of things. Their dads, you know, worked on cars and kind of knew their way around it. I just thought they looked cool and loved seeing them in movies or, you know, when you're driving around town or whatever. Uh, but when I was, a, I think, a senior in high school, um, one of my dad's friends uh, ended up having a brand new, at the time, Porsche 911 Turbo. And it was a six-speed manual. And when I was a kid... Uh, and learning how to drive, I insisted that my first car be a stick shift so that if I ever had the chance to drive a Porsche or a Ferrari or something like that, that I would know how to do it and I would be able to do it. Talk about the foresight here for me. So one day we're at this coffee shop in Iron Mountain, which is a town I grew near where I grew up in. And the guy comes in and he's holding on to his, his Porsche keys, just kind of not even realizing it. And we're talking to him for a minute. And, um, I said something about his Porsche keys or whatever, and he's like, come on outside. So I walk outside, and he's like showing me around the car, and he hands me the keys and goes, here you go. Let's go. 
So long story short, I got to drive this 911 Turbo uh, in Iron Mountain up and down, and I was just hauling ass. And there's this one part of town as you're going up, there's a little bit of a hill, and there's a long stretch of road where I think the speed limit's like 50 or 60. It was then. Um, and he said, just go ahead. Don't worry about the cops. Just open it up. And I think I hit over a little over a hundred, uh, in like third gear. And that was the first and last time I've ever driven a car like that or ever driven that fast. But, um, ever since then I was just like, wow. And then like a year or two later, gone in 60 seconds came out and I was like, that was me. That was me. So such a fun movie, great cars. I know some of it might not be hundred percent accurate with the, the, um, with Eleanor, the GT500 or whatever, but just an amazing, fun, lighthearted movie. Nick Cage, prime Nick Cage. Um, just awesome, awesome stuff. Growing up in a one-stoplight town, uh, surprising, but not really, that one of my favorite movies of all time with my buddies, we would watch it all the time, uh, Bad Boys, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and just a great movie, super funny, great action at the time. Uh, really well edited Michael Bay production. So, you know, like the explosions had explosions, but it was dialed back a little bit. And just that was like prime Will Smith and prime Martin Lawrence, how how well that they worked together. And I know now Will Smith kind of, you know, looked at in a little bit different light, but just an awesome movie at the time. Had the Porsche in it. Uh, Tia Leona was in it doing her thing, but a really fun story and really, really interesting because Will Smith almost didn't do that movie because he was still the Fresh Prince at the time and there was concerns about him being in that movie with a bunch of language and sex scenes and all that and what that would do to kind of the reputation and and sort of you know the impression of him as as the fresh prince but man i'm glad he did the second one is a lot of fun too second one's a little bit too long but just great awesome bad bad boys uh and bad boys too are just awesome peak will smith and martin lawrence and will always hold a special place in my heart me and my buddy sitting down in the basement just watching these movies on repeat And the last one, this is uh, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. And the story on the front end is Chris Pratt. He, this is not a Chris Pratt movie. Uh, Chris Pratt, I follow him on Instagram, and he posted a, a, a reel or a video or something um, about him sitting on like a little scooter and his wife was walking by and he said something to the effect of, uh, want to go for a ride uh, on my scooter? I traded it up for the van. Um traded it straight up for the van or whatever, whatever the Dumb and Dumber quote is of that. And um, Dumb and Dumber is one of my all-time favorite movies. But the reason the, the Chris Pratt thing is funny is somehow I saw that like 30 seconds after he posted it and I commented on it, um, why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? Which is a line from the Dumb and Dumber at the beginning. And he didn't respond, but I just posted it as a silly thing. And that was like a month ago. And that little comment that I made has like 1,200 likes of my comment. And I'm just like, what the hell? So there's like this huge subset of like just dumb and dumber people that are obsessed with this movie. And I say thank you because that movie to me is just about the funniest movie I've ever seen. I grew up when it was Dumb and Dumber and Tommy Boy and Happy Gilmore and that whole slew of movies. And before that was... You know Beverly Hills Cop and and uh, Trading Places and a lot of that, and then after those movies were you know it was old school, and then eventually The Hangover and everything. But for me, when I was in high school, Dumb and Dumber was just the perfect movie. My buddy and I used to just quote that on repeat all the time. It was so bad for him. He, my buddy Ryan, he's going to kill me for saying this, but he had the 
uh, audio track on cassette, and he would put that in his car and just play it while he was driving around in his car. So he was just listening to the movie Dumb and Dumber. But just a, such a funny movie, and one of the things now you look at it is those are two really accomplished actors. You know, Jim Carrey started out as a comedian and did all the funny Ace Ventura and Mask and all that in Dumb and Dumber. But both of them, him and Jeff Daniels, are accomplished actors and they've done serious stuff and everything. It is really hard to be that, be to act that dumb and be good at it. And like the way that they pulled that off, that is really hard to do for Jeff Daniels, like this acclaimed actor, to be able to act like a total idiot. But does it convincing and it serves the story as opposed to just him looking like a schmuck. So such a, just an unbelievable movie. The ending is the most infuriating thing in the world, which is why it's the perfect ending when this whole bus full of bikini models show up and they say, we need to, uh, we're looking for two new masseuses to oil this up before every every competition. And they're like totally into these two guys. And, and Jim Carrey goes, well, you're in luck because there's a town about 30 minutes that way. And you're just like, no. Uh, so yeah, that is that is the funniest movie ever. So thank you for indulging me in this. Those are 10 movies that are personal to me that I absolutely love. Uh, I'm going to cover some food next time in about a month or two. Going to cover some TV shows, some drinks, some travel spots, that kind of stuff. Just sprinkle them in here and there. So thank you for indulging me. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled program on the Story Lesson Advice podcast. Thanks for listening.